Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Clear Voice Content Marketing Software, helping you decrease your time spent creating content by up to 50% while doubling your online engagement. Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey L. Cohen, Director of Content Strategy at Oracle Marketing Cloud, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. As always, I've got Jeff Cohen joining me from Oracle Marketing Cloud. We're very excited today. You know, a lot of people tune into Content Pros and they tell us how great of a podcast it is. And you know, Jeff and I both get you know the odd you know Twitter call out or what have you. But you know, sometimes there's people behind the scenes with anything who you know don't get that credit. So we've got one of those people today. We got Jess Ostroff joining us, Jeff. You want to tell everyone a little bit about what Jess does, like at a high level, and then bring her in? Uh, absolutely. So, so thanks, Randy. Happy to be here for another episode of Content Pros. And we really are excited to talk to Jess because she is the one who makes the magic. We just speak into microphones, and she and her team makes it all happen. She is the managing editor and executive producer at Convince and Convert. She's also because of course we're all also something else. She's also the CEO and the director of Calm at Don't Panic Management. And I had to lower my voice, I had to say Calm. So Jess, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. That was a wonderful intro and I like that you said the word calm with even a calming tone in your voice. (laughs) That was great. Well, and the most important thing now is normally at this point in the show, you're usually on mute. So please keep your microphone live while we're talking to you. (laughs) That's a good point. I do need that reminder. Thank you. (laughs) So, So let's start by talking about, let's start by talking about the Convince and Convert network of podcasts you you and your team produce a a whole bunch of weekly podcasts and we just have to record one of them and we don't even know how we do this let alone five to seven podcasts and tell us a little bit about what that looks like from from your side of things yeah it's uh, it's not something that I really thought that I'd be doing at this point, which is the case with a lot of things, I will say, because the marketing and technology sector has evolved so quickly. And so when I started doing the managing editor duties for Convince and Convert, it was really mostly focused on the written word. And I definitely feel like I have a lot of strengths there, but quickly evolved into other types of media like video and audio and you know interactive visualizations and things like that and I think many of us who are in this space sort of had to learn as we went um, which is absolutely true for me and my team but we've 
we've got so many good resources out there. And uh, when when Jay decided that he wanted to start a show, which the first show for the Convince and Convert Podcast Network was Social Pros, as many of our listeners also listen to that show, and uh, it it was such a success that we knew that. As the market, the digital marketing field expanded, we knew that our audience was not just focused on social media, that they were also focused on content marketing, for example, or storytelling or influence marketing, and that many people's jobs were evolving. And so we need to we needed to evolve our content offerings as well. So we tried to be the network that provided as we say, you know, real insights from real people doing work in these places, not just a high level, oh, what is content marketing or what is social media? More, here's what I do. I'm in the weeds every single day. I I use these tools. I use this structure for my team and try to give these really actionable insights to listeners. And I think we've done that pretty well. So that's kind of how it started. As far as the production side, uh, it's I'm so I'm so process driven and I think that's why I started my own team and why I'm obsessed with it in terms of all the other things that I do and that's really the most important reason why this has worked so far is that we have really set processes of course sometimes they need to evolve and change over time depending on uh, what what's changing from our hosts and and our the needs of our audiences but we use a lot of different tools and and several different people that I have my, on my team who are really good at really specific things. And just basically, it's sort of like a conveyor belt, <laughs> conveyor belt podcast production uh, system that we have over here. You need to add a TM to that, by the way. You should trademark oh, well. it. Trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. I will get right on that. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by ClearVoice. Need a freelance writer? ClearVoice Marketplace can help you. Looking for trending topics or influencers? No problem. ClearVoice Content Studio is the answer for that one. Looking to store all your brand guidelines, keywords, and personas in one accessible space? That's right. ClearVoice can do that too. Even pay all your writers from one secure account. Go to demo.clearvoice.com for a free demo and tell them your friends at Content Pros Podcast sent you. So what is the biggest challenge in producing multiple weekly podcasts? Definitely the people. I mean, a lot of what we do at Don't Panic and at Convince and Convert is very directly tied to people. Uh, writers, hosts, guests, producers, you know, everything involves someone's time. And that's always tricky. And the nature of all of the Convince and Convert shows and a lot, and a lot of our content is that they're guest driven. So every show is an interview, right? So we need to not only coordinate with the two podcast hosts, but we also have to find the same time with a potential guest. And it's, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's hard work, but it's definitely challenging and it's got a lot of moving parts. And sometimes I wish that I could magically make it work every time. But, um, you know, I think it just requires a lot of patience and a lot of persistence. And I think anybody who runs a, a podcast that is guest driven can understand that. 
once we have the files and once the recording and the interview is done, that's when it goes onto that conveyor belt and it works pretty well. I would say the other challenge sometimes, especially nowadays, we use a new tool called Zencaster, as you guys are very well familiar with, but a lot of our guests have never seen this before, understandably so, because it's still relatively new. In fact, it just came out of beta a couple weeks ago, but technology is always a problem uh, for a lot of our guests because one, they may not be used to being podcast guests. You know, a lot of them, they're they're focused on writing or they're focused on managing their teams and they're just not used to being on the air, quote unquote, if you will. So uh, getting them to physically get on the show, I mean, you wouldn't think that it would cause such a problem, but we've spent many, many hours at this point <laughs> and you guys are well aware of when we have a guest who says, I can't get into the recording, I'm having trouble with the link or my audio didn't upload. So that that can be a little bit of a nightmare, but we you know, we're, we're learning and tweaking, trying to figure out ways that we can make it a little more accessible and easy for guests while still getting a really high quality recording. And that's really important to us. You know, there's a lot of shows that they have really good content, but it's almost distracting uh, to hear sometimes the low level of quality. And we want to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, it's, it's fully like Murphy's Law too, right? Like all, you, you know, Jess will hear me, you know, bitch and complain about how, you know, the other side hasn't been able to figure out their tech for three in a row. And then it's me, right? Like then for some reason, my tech's not working, right? It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I know it's one of those, it's one of those things you just go figure. So basically so far what you've learned from Jess is if you have the most amazing calendar setting app, you got to reach out to her because coordinating everyone's schedule schedules are just, you know, is a nightmare. And, uh, you know, if you think you can compete with Zencaster, give her a shout. But Zencaster's yes. pretty slick. Um, cool. So I, I don't know if you hate, I'm going to go on a complete tangent question. You're going to wonder where I'm going with this. But don't you hate when people are like, how many nieces and nephews do you have? And what are all their names? Right? <laughs> I don't know how many you have. Um, I'm well, going to give I'm you a only child, so. Only child. All right. So you got it easy. I'm like, I have trouble keeping track now. Um, so I'm going to give you a similar one. I'm going to give you 15 seconds and I'm, and no cheating. And I have a counter in front of me. Name all the podcasts that you produce. Business of Story, Social Pros Podcast, Influence Pros Podcast, Content Pros Podcast, Marketing Marvels, Talk Digital to Me, and J Today, which is coming back in 2017. Woo-hoo. Sweet. That was 11 seconds. Pretty good. Pretty good. That, that's awesome. I'm, I wasn't even prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm curious, and, and I actually want to talk to you about this even after. I mean, you know, brands that think about having a podcast, you know, and, and it's you know, that debate to have a podcast or not to have a podcast. We made the decision to have one here at Uberflip, um, you know, and, you know, we're always kind of trying to debate. I mean, how do you rationalize taking on yet another one, one at a time? What are your goals at Convince and Convert for these podcasts that are being produced? Are they pure brand awareness? I assume they're not lead gen because, like, we can't figure out how to really, you know, generate leads sometimes from from a podcast. How do you think about that? Yeah, it's a really good question. I get that question a lot from all sorts of people because they know that my team and I produce a lot of podcasts. And some people are like, yeah, just what you said. Why would I do that? Um, For us, it's our goal at Convince and Convert is to really be 
thought leaders in the digital marketing space. And the way to do that these days is not just to have a blog. I mean, when Convince and Convert started, it was Jay Bear four days a week writing blog posts. And he would basically write, he didn't really have an editorial calendar, you know, he'd just write about whatever he wanted. He was able to build up his personal brand that way through his insights and his opinions and all the amazing things that he wrote about. But um, those days are over, I think. You know, you can't just start a blog today necessarily. Some people can, and some people have been really successful at it, but it's not just about writing anymore. And I think audiences more and more want to see, hear, feel, and touch. You know, they want to use more than just one sense to get a feel for the brand or the person or the company that they're interacting with. And podcasting is a really, a really unique way to you know, actually jump into someone's head almost with your voice and be able to make a connection with them in another way that's more personal and more relatable. I mean, some of the shows that I listen to, and I, I, I encourage this to anybody that asks me that question, but I say this that I almost feel like I'm friends with the hosts, <laughs> you know, in some of the more, especially the more lifestyle shows that I listen to, because it's like they're talking directly to me and there are very few other media i mean video i would say would take that up a notch but other than that there's no other type of media that allows that deep connection and so if you're thinking about how to make a closer connection with your audience and you want to feel like you're a part of their lives that's really what it is i think with podcasting it's and you know of course i i hear that the best the best ways that people have seen results from podcasting is they happen to, they get more, maybe not direct leads to a, a download, but they get leads to their site. Because that's the other thing that's hard is even if you say, you know, uberflip.com slash live or whatever, people might not necessarily go, they might forget the last part, but they'll go to uberflip.com and then they'll start searching for the thing. So, and that's, of course, that's really hard to track because it's basically a direct you know, a direct landing on the on the homepage, but I think there are ways to to create more trackable metrics for podcasts, and there are a lot of tools now too that are making that easier. But that's the thing that the connection is really the thing that I think people need to consider when they're deciding whether or not <clears throat> to start a podcast, and also developing that thought leadership. Because, like I said, once they start hearing your name and your voice on a, a show and on a network, then they start to attach that to everything else you do on the internet and it builds, assuming you are smart and say intelligent things on your podcast, it adds to your credibility, which then adds to your trust, which builds your brand and so on and so on. So I, I fully agree with that. I think that's so well said in terms of prioritizing brand, prioritizing what you're building and the message that you're putting out there. And you know, what better way to do so with, you know, whether it's a 20-minute or 40-minute or more podcast on a weekly, monthly basis. 
I, I am interested though in terms of how you do track the success, right? And and I feel like amongst all those nieces and nephews that we talked about before, um, you know, within within I always call it the convince and convert family of podcasts. I feel like it's getting a little competitive, right? I mean, we had that we had that uh, you know session a, a few weeks back where everyone was on, and we were kind of you know giving best tips, but you can kind of feel a little bit of uh, you know animosity to those who are growing, and we want to all catch up to each other. So how are some of the ways that we do track a successful podcast today? Well, first of all, I hope there's not actual animosity. I hope it's it's, it's love. It's it's friendly okay. co- competition, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, I, I got to catch. We got to catch up. Gotta catch Park, really. Park is on the up and up there. Yeah, I, is, I know. Man. I've been trying different things because some people respond well to like, okay, we gotta do this, and some people respond well to, hey, if you don't do, it, you know, it's the stick versus the carrot approach. Um, so that's funny you say that, but um, yeah, it's it's really tough. And the thing that's the most difficult from my perspective, because I am the one that's pulling the stats, is I don't know for sure that Libsyn or whatever media storage system we use is pulling accurate numbers. And I've talked to many people about this and nobody is sure. (laughs) So, you know, if anyone out there is listening and actually knows where to find directly reliable metrics, I'd love to hear it. But what I do know is that because podcasts are run by feeds, that inherently makes them difficult to measure. So we can measure the actual downloads theoretically, but even that, some some services count a hit as a download. So like if I open my podcast app and I refresh it and it looks for a new episode of Content Pros and then that new episode shows up, some services count that as a download even though I haven't hit play yet. So things like that or, you know, Maybe someone has it, has embedded a show on their website, but they didn't use the right player or they use some other link or something like that, then maybe we're not getting those downloads. So that's really frustrating from a podcasting perspective is that I feel like it's still sort of the wild west out there in terms of metrics. But And so that's why we try to do things like calling out direct URLs in the show or, you know, putting unique tracking links in the show notes. I do think that fewer people than we would like actually read the show notes because they're listening, right? The people that are wanting to go and hear the show want to hear the show. They're listening because they don't like to read, probably. Um, Or not that they don't like to, but they prefer that, that format. So uh, figuring out ways to call out URLs that are simple for people to understand that they can actually visit right while they're sitting there listening to the show is good. And, you know, we, we, we can measure those because they're trackable. But, you know, as far as knowing how many listeners do we have each month, how many downloads do we have each month, we have approximates. You know, we have the numbers that our media storage site gives us, but... I'm never confident that those are that those are really accurate. Um, so I think everyone, you know, as people are measuring podcast success or failure, <laughs> is uh, to take it with a grain of salt. And sometimes the feedback that we get anecdotally is sometimes the biggest, most important metric, right? Like if someone comes up to me and says, oh, I heard you on that podcast, or I heard about this show that you're producing or blah, 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 that sort of in-person mention to me shows that it's a success. 
Because if someone's coming up to me and calling it out that way, you know, that's worth more than whether someone, you know, hit play and seeing a download number, because that means they're talking about it. And the best way for podcasts to grow and to get out to more people is for the hosts and the guests and everyone that's listening to talk about them and to share them with friends. And I think that's part of why you see some of these shows out there grow exponentially, you know, in the first couple of weeks or first couple of months, because they are being shared organically through talking to your friends. Hey, what do you listen to? Oh, hey, show me your, one of the things that I do with my friends periodically is like, show me your podcast home screen. Like, what are the top five podcasts that you're listening to right now? And we're sort of podcast nerds. I know that's not what everybody's going to (laughs) do. But um, I think that organic conversation really can start to show whether, whether a show is resonating or not. Because at the end of the day, you're creating probably a lot of content, written, audio, video. And so it's great to be able to see the clicks and the downloads and and the subscribers. But if people are really feeling like it's resonating with them, that to me is the biggest metric of success. Well, I'm going to comment about the metrics as a as a strategist, not as a sponsor of the show. And I think these metrics are just like any other metrics that we're dealing with in marketing. We think of them as trying to be exact, and they're really not. And so you really need to be looking for trends, like is the show generally growing? And be, be less concerned about those actual, like how many people is it really? Because as you said, it's a feed, which is a whole different, a whole different means of delivery. Exactly, I totally agree. But but based on based on some of the things that you've said, you you are producing this whole wealth of content. You're you're sitting behind the scenes, five, seven, whatever it is, podcasts every week, recording, hearing people. How does that inform some of the other content that's getting created across other convince and convert properties? There? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because we've been we've been talking about that a lot and we've realized in especially these last 2 months or so we've been analyzing what's gone on in 2016 in a lot of different ways, you know, looking at what our most popular blog posts were, looking at what our most popular podcasts were, our most popular email sends and seeing what the trends are so that we can capitalize on those and we're definitely trying to build an editorial calendar around the things that people want and the things that people care about. And you can tell sort of, I think, especially with the podcast, because they're so real time, you know, with guest posts, sometimes you're writing, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months and then it runs. But with podcasts, you're talking today and the show, you know, we've had times where the show's gone off. I mean, been published, you know, three or four weeks later, but usually it's, you know, two, two weeks, one week later. And so it is pretty topical and timely. And we do try to build our calendars around what people are talking about. Um, It's such a challenge. (laughs) I feel like I've said this over and over again, but I feel like my job is really hard because the, the landscape changes so fast. And so again, if someone sends me a blog post, you know, if I feel like it's super relevant today and I really want to get it published because it's going to be like, I remember over the summer, there was some stuff going on with Pokemon Go. And it was like, all right, we need to publish this right away because we don't even know how long this trend is going to last. And, you know, we're not trying to be mashable. We're not trying to be a news site. 
but sometimes those insights are important to publish quickly, but not everything can be that way. So it's trying to figure out, okay, is this just a trend? Is it it a passing fad? Or is it something that people are going to care about in the long term? And that's a lot of what I have to figure out when I'm putting our editorial calendar together. And and it's challenging because um, I, I think marketers love, I don't know if people are just bored or what, but it seems like every time something new and cool comes on to the scene, it's like, this is going to be the next big thing, you know, and you're like, okay, no, and maybe I'm just jaded, but every time no, I'm you're, like, you're not, no... you're, you're not jaded. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't even know if I miss Pokemon or not. Like, it's just, right. yeah. I, yeah, I, and I, Blab, like I think about Blab a lot because people loved Blab. I loved it too. I loved the idea. I didn't use it a lot. In fact, one time I tried to host a show with another fellow entrepreneur and we just got completely freaked out by the people that ended up joining. Like it was just creepy. But um, but that was going to be the next big thing. I mean, to the point where one of our podcast marketing marvels, we were recording that exclusively on Blab. And then all of a sudden it was like, nope, gone. And then we had to find another technology. So it's it's hard to know. The hardest thing I would say from, from my perspective, from my job and any sort of editorial position is that you have to be able to recognize what is a fad and what is a trend. And so we do use, I guess to go back to your question, we do use the podcast guests and the topics and things to inform the editorial calendar, but only to a certain point, right? Because we can't possibly take every single trend and fad and and make a big deal out of it. You know, I think at some point that lowers your credibility. Um, So we try to, to harness the ones that we do think are actually going to be the wave of the future. Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Uberflip and their weekly podcast called Flip the Switch, where they bring some of the brightest marketing minds together to provide useful insights, actionable takeaways, and a fresh approach to the content marketing challenges you face daily. Head over to bit.ly slash flip content to discover the tips and tactics that will help you flip the switch from ordinary to remarkable. So it... I would be remiss if I did not quote my good friend Chris Moody right now, the one of the original hosts of Content Pros. And Chris is very fond of saying that the next big thing is to stop chasing the next big thing and do your job. Yes. And yes. and I think the problem is that marketers really are they really are puppy dogs and so they're constantly on the lookout for that next thing. Because it means they don't have to focus on what's hard right in front of you. As, as you said, your job is hard and you have to right. you have to stick with it and do you do a lot of the same things over and over again. But if you change platforms, it's all brand new. Right. That's so that's I've, I've, I've heard Chris talk about that, but I've never heard that perspective. And it makes so much sense. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like you're not being lazy per se, but you're kind of trying to get out of. Yeah, you're the day-to-day grind by trying to chase something new and exciting in that moment. Absolutely. Ugh. Yeah, I, th- I think you. I think yeah. you need a balance, though, right? I, I think you need a balance, right? I mean, like if we all ran our marketing teams as demand gen first mindset, then 
you know, we'd probably not say take some of the chances, right? I mean, we, you know, we're sitting here right. talking about podcasts and should you create a podcast, should you not? If you purely looked at like traditional demand gen funnels and things like that and attribution, many podcasts would not be created, right? So I think right. you, you got to kind of like, I fully agree. I love Chris too. And I, I couldn't agree more with the way you put it, Jeff. But we kind of need like, you, you need almost like a mad scientist on every team. Right. But I'd ra- I agree. But I'd rather pull in a new tool or look for a new solution out of an issue or a gap rather than what I feel like it is now is people are just finding and using new tools just because they're there. Like, I guess I'd rather ha- be using them and trying them because I, yeah, because I want to go to the next level or because I have an issue that I'm trying to solve as opposed to that Chinese object syndrome where it's like, oh, it's there, so I'm going to try it, even though it might not have anything to do <laughs> with or be helpful or useful at all to what you're trying to work on. And, and, so I agree. And some of those tools, they, they struggle and they sit around for a long time. And uh, do you remember Beam? Did you ever use Beam? B-E-M-E? No. It was actually just purchased by CNN, and shut down because they wanted the team. But it was it was basically this video app, and the way you engaged it was you took your phone and you set it against your body, and so it was activated, it was basically activated by covering up the sensor on your phone. And it was about shooting huh. video without looking at it. <laughs> and wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty niche. I think it was even more niche than Peach, and that was pretty niche, <laughs> if you remember Peach. <laughs> Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, so when you're when you're thinking about content, we've talked about content in a lot of different manners and podcasts and how it flows over into the blog side. What about distribution of content? Because that's that's one of the things that obviously if you build it in most cases they will not come. And right. and when we're talking about creating content, just to go back what Randy was saying about not being so or only demand gen focus, you always have to think about building an audience. And I think that's that's where the distribution piece really, really is so important in content marketing. Yeah, and this is something that we're really focused on at Convince and Convert in 2017 because Jay talks about content atomization all the time, which means taking one large piece of content and breaking it down into several digestible, more, you know, digestible pieces of content in different formats. Um, And we are not as good at this as we should be. So that's a big focus for us next year. And, And I think, and the reason why I like it is because it allows us to put more focus on that big piece of content and those, um, those important ideas and that message and that topic as opposed to just, you know, so like an ebook or a slideshare or a video, those would be those big cornerstone pieces of content. And then creating little audio snippets or shareable quote graphics or little mini blog posts that we can run on other sites or, you know, social media posts that we can share far and wide. And the idea being that we're reaching different people in different ways, but it's all pointing back to this big, important thing that we've created. And, um, 
and I think the reason why it's important, in addition to promoting, you know, marketing your own marketing, right, is to reach different people where they are and where they want to be reached. Not everybody is going to listen to this podcast episode, but maybe there are a few quotes that are really powerful that we can create shareable graphics around and then be able to still tell the story of what happened in the podcast without those people having to listen to it. Um, That's just one example. But we're we're trying to do those kinds of things with with everything that they do and i think ultimately it makes the content it makes it helps you be able to get more mileage about the out of the content that you're already creating so i don't see why more people don't do this you know it's some i could see you know in some senses i could see it as being sort of a cop out because instead of creating 10 original pieces of content you're creating nine pieces of content out of one original piece of content but i don't really see it that way and i i see it as being smart and i see it as really using what you have and making the most out of it because the other thing you can do is if you you know spent resources on a piece of content that you're then atomizing and it's not being received well well pivot do something else. You know, it gives you some good insight into what your audience wants as well because you're not inundating them with, you know, a million original pieces. You're saying, here's this one really cool thing. Look at it. Share it. Blah, blah, blah. And if they say, well, no, I don't really like it, you can say, okay, we'll try something else. <laughs> and I think that's uh, that's really important. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I, I think sometimes it's frowned on to rinse and repeat, but it makes perfect sense, right? I mean, I, I remember growing up, one of my favorite sets of like traditional ads, remember those absolute vodka ads where it was like the absolute vodka bottle and it was just like framed with a different background to it every time and you like couldn't wait to see the next version of it, right? Um, and it didn't matter if you were looking at in a magazine, on a you know commercial, on you know whatever it was, they, they took that that campaign everywhere. That's what you know, I believe you're saying, and you know, I, I I like this atomization. I mean, the other the other framework for thinking about this is you know Jason Miller's approach with the big rock, right? Um, you know, and that everything leads back. And we, you know, at Uberflip, we do that same type of thing. We put a ton of hours into these four actual books that we created around content marketing framework. And then we, you know, we spliced that into webinars. We had, you know, we brought it into our podcast. We had blog posts on it. We created a slide share on some of the highlights. So I agree. I mean, it it allowed us to actually have that repeatable message that just gets ingrained with people. Right. And then they start to recognize your branding and your voice a little bit deeper, which is also important because it's so noisy out there for a content marketer. Absolutely. Is that our next rap song? (laughs) I like it. So speaking of rap and getting to know people, I'm not going to make you rap, don't worry. Um, All right. We're going to get to know you really quick before we run out of time here. So I got some rapid fire questions, lightning round, if you will. we're gonna go right into it. First of all, do you play any musical instruments, Jess? I do. I play the oboe. It's not a joke. Okay. I think I'm joking. To say that. 
And I dabble in the ukulele. Oh, wow. All right, nice. I, I feel like people can, like, maybe find that stuff of you somewhere on social, Instagram, something like that. Yes. All right, it's floating out there. That's good to Put know. in the show notes. All right, so speaking of music, not rap, but, you know, I do follow you on Instagram, and you're. it seems like you're always at a concert. Uh, what is the best concert you attended in 2016? Oh... Uh, it's, it's all good. You, you can even say it was in Toronto when you're up visiting here because Toronto's such a great city, oh, but no true. pressure. No pressure. I did. I did see Dave Matthews Band in Toronto this summer and even got to stop by and visit Randy. I'm going to go with that. Nice. And, and Dave is nostalgic, so how can you not exactly. win that? Exactly. Right. It was a beautiful venue. I'd never been there before. That is a good spot. Yes, absolutely. All right. We talked about fads that come and go. You're going to have to own up to, did you or did you not use Vine? No, I did not. Nice. Too scary. Too scary. Okay. <laughs> Too short. 15 seconds. What was it? 15 yeah, seconds? so much pressure. I Let's, think it was six seconds. Was it six? It? Holy shit. Yeah, it was six originally. <laughs> all right. All right. Onwards. You've lived in five states. What is your favorite? You got to pick your favorite. I have to say Colorado. Colorado. And I would love to move back. Nice. The mountains. Do you ski? Yes. No. No? Okay. I like being in a hot tub with a nice drink while other people go skiing. Oh, nice. I like <laughs> it. The opera really ski. <laughs> All right. So if, if you had to quit your job in content and take on some sort of new career tomorrow, what would it be? Oh, I really want to open my own restaurant or wine bar. And that is, it's definitely in the horizon, not in the near future, but it's going to happen. You're all invited Sweet. to the opening. <laughs> nice. I thought I was lining up your answer there to like go to the trapeze in a circus, given some of the stuff you told us, but yeah. that's, that's fair. Well, people have to follow you to figure out what in the world we're talking about there. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Jess, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. You're on this podcast every time, uh, as Jeff mentioned, but you know, we everyone actually got to hear from you, got to hear how this thing comes together. Um, if you're thinking of producing a podcast, reach out to Jess, whether you reach out to her at Convince and Convert or whether you reach out at Don't Panic Management. Uh, you know, Jess pulls together these things and you know really relieves a lot of that stress that goes into thinking about creating a podcast. Uh, you know, this podcast and all the other ones that we've talked about can be found at convincingconvert.com. On behalf of Jeff Cohen at Oracle Marketing Cloud, I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. This is Content Pros. We're at contentprospodcast.com as well as iTunes, Stitcher, really wherever you find your content. As Jess said, she's distributing it, making sure it's there for you. We hope you'll give us some feedback and join us next time. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listener. App. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Clear Voice Content Marketing Software, Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by Audio.